Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today we have Eric Shepard on the show. Hey, Eric. Hey, Ben. How are you? I'm, I'm well. I'm well. Listen, I mean, I, I know you're in warm Florida and I'm in cold uh, New York City, but uh, apart from me being envious of, of the fact that you're in Florida, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, Eric is the executive director of the Talent Transformation Guild. The Talent Transformation Guild is a community for professionals that are preparing for reskilling and upskilling, being triggered by the fourth industrial revolution. I think that you encapsulated it perfectly for me uh, before we started, which is it's all about keeping you relevant, staying relevant for how things are evolving in the future. And I'm excited to talk about this because this is very, very important for companies and for individuals as we prepare for the machine learning age. So, so Eric, before we get into exactly what the Talent Transformation Guild is working on today, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And thank you so much for having me as a guest today. So as you might tell from my accent, I was originally born and raised in, uh, in London, in the UK, and uh, grew up there, uh, ended up stumbling into the IT industry. And through that stumbling into the industry, I ended up being uh, transferred to the US to manage some projects in the US of, uh, by doing technology transfers, uh, which involved kind of market positioning, uh, sales positioning, uh, and uh, sales uh, training. Um, out of that, I uh, started my own uh, business to represent overseas companies here in the United States. I saw all the classic mistakes that people were making, and so many of them were easy to resolve, um, and then started helping people take U.S. products and, and putting them overseas. Um, I bumped into a company, a very interesting company called Question Mark, that did assessment software. So that's essentially providing quizzes, tests, exams. And we built that company. I started as their CEO in around the year 2000 and built that company to be a leading software platform for delivering exams. And, and now it delivers tens of millions of exams uh, for people like the federal government, for banking, insurance. Uh, it's available in 36 languages. So I was lucky enough to uh, my time well, with them. You know, to, today in, in the COVID world, I guess it's all, all exams are, exactly. are, are digital these days. <laughs> That's right. The, uh, the test centers uh, were dying anyway, and COVID has accelerated so many things. It accelerated that part that uh, people now do exams from home and online proctoring. And, and out of that experience, I, I got to travel a lot and meet a lot of uh, executives from uh, learning development, HR, CEOs, uh, et cetera. So really had a great network of uh, people around the world. I got to a point that I, I wanted to uh, move away from something I'd been doing for 18 years and, and have something more stimulating and that would be more satisfying for myself. Um, and there was several drivers behind that. One, I, I knew about measuring knowledge and skills and I wanted to understand how to measure 
emotional intelligence and personalities and behaviors and how does that all fit together? So previously as a CEO, I would look down and say, well, how, how do we create a great environment for our people to work in, to mm -hmm. create and develop great software? And, uh, and I re never really quite understood that puzzle. So I was able to kind of take some time and just talk with friends and brainstorm. And we came up with this thing called the Talent Transformation Pyramid, which kind of shows how all of these factors play together. How does our physical and emotional beings kind of flow into uh, how we behave at work, how we can perform at work, and then how will that produce meaningful business outcomes? So after I'd, I'd produced it, it was a simple diagram. People said, well, there's a lot of depth to this. Uh, why don't you write a book about it? So um, I teamed up with a former colleague of mine uh, who was uh, working in PR, and we uh, wrote the book together. It took about a year. Um, we were getting ready to publish, and then COVID hit. So we said, wait a minute, we need to take a step back. We need to look at how COVID is affecting um, how people are playing with the, uh, the new world of work, a new world of learning and leadership. Uh, so we baked into the COVID effect into the book, uh, which is really an accelerant of all of the technologies we were expecting to come anyway. So uh, out of the book, uh, we then realized that uh, there was other dimensions to helping people understand how to stay relevant in this new world. Uh, so we uh, formed the Guild and the Guild now produces blogs and webcasts uh, and podcasts to just help people understand what's changing in the fourth industrial revolution, what tasks are being replaced and, and helping leaders understand what's happening in the world and what do they need to do to stay relevant. That's great. So, uh, so there's a book now, and I think the book is actually called Talent Transformation. Correct? That's right. Absolutely. So, uh, so that that and and that uh, it all starts from from the pyramid, goes through, outlines it, and and starts to talk about some of these changes that we're seeing in society. Um, you all highlight the changes that uh, get get uh, spoken about in the context of the fourth industrial revolution. Um, I know that that uh, refers to really the, uh, the article that was written years ago now by the founder of the World Economic Forum and uh, talking about some of the things that uh, we're, we're going to restructure society. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of those, those triggers and, and what, what, what does that mean for upskilling? Um, so, uh, yes, it was uh, Klaus from uh, chairman of Klaus, the World Economic yeah. Forum, and he published a book called The Fourth Industrial Revolution. Uh, I think it was in 2016. Uh, and because uh, he has access to lots of resources, so could uh, provide a vision and, uh, and they've done a great job. So um, what we're seeing is kind of an exponential impact. Um, so if we just think about all the other industrial revolutions, so there was the first one that was about mechanization. The second one was about standardization, standardization of the electricity distribution and standardized manufacturing parts. We then went into the computer revolution uh, of being able to store and retrieve data and run reports. Uh, now the fourth industrial revolution is our machines are becoming more intelligent and more autonomous. So we can fly drones easily because they've got their own stabilizing mechanisms in, in, and they can learn from uh, what happens to them, just as one example. So we have these machines that's learning. 
And uh, so all the jobs that we don't kind of want to do, like dirty, disgusting uh, kind of jobs, dangerous jobs, will be easily replaced by machines. Um, but we'll see that artificial intelligence and machine learning kind of gets into more and more areas. So uh, for um, even writing uh, legal contracts or doing discovery through contracts. So AI and natural language processing um, is, is gonna be impacting so many industries. And what it's doing is replacing the tasks that we used to do as humans. So uh, in the lawyer context, the lawyer would have to read a lot of documents and work out what's going on. Now the AI can kind of process that. So this yeah, path so, going so, away, sorry. You know, no, no, I, I, so I, I, um, I certainly uh, understand and, and can see the impact of, of machine learning on almost every aspect of our lives. Um, but one of the things I'm just curious because you're working so closely in the space and you're talking to businesses and executives, do you feel like uh, companies are getting ready for this now? Um, I, I, I speak a little bit from my own experiences. Uh, I, did a, I did a thesis where I looked deeply at the topic of machine learning in the advertising industry. And I think the, the shocking thing was that whilst AI was being applied to marketing, uh, the understanding and the upskilling was negligible <laughs> in many, in, in most of the marketing related organizations. And I'd just be curious what you found, whether there's, you feel there, that we're now at a point where there's a commitment um, to this? I think the forward looking executives are realizing if they don't learn about it and make this happen, they will be left behind. And uh, machine learning relies on data. If, if you don't have the data, then you can't really make any uh, reasonable assumptions or predictions and the models just won't work for you. So the people are getting it, are working out how to accumulate data, how to process data and, and change the behaviors of their organization. So it, some are gonna go the way of the dinosaur. And, and uh, you know, I, I think a great illustration of that is, um, is Tesla that built a car from the ground up um, kind of disregarding uh, the, 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 the mode of manufacturer's standard principles and invented everything. And now it's doing machine learning from millions and millions of miles being traveled to produce an autonomous vehicles. The other guys are playing catch up and they're gonna to struggle to accumulate the data to help them develop the autonomous vehicles. They'll probably get there, but it's gonna be a lot more expensive for them and a lot more difficult for them because there's already somebody out there in the running. Yeah, that, that's great. I, I, I think that what, what I see is you see these big initiatives by companies like Amazon uh, to upskill their, their staff. Uh, I think they have a commitment over the next you know, 15, 20 years to upskill, I think, the bottom 20% of their workforce. And they've, they've invested heavily in, um, in this space. Um, and, and I certainly think that there's a, a lot of other companies that need the ta talent transformation book and, and, and uh, your guild because uh, they, there really is a need to embrace this change. Um, it's such, a, such an incredible pace for change. I mean, what do you tell folks that might feel a little bit overwhelmed by all of that change? <laughs> um, so one is to just recognize what's happening. So if 50% of tasks are gonna be uh, replaced by computers, 
how is your business going to change? Now, there's, uh, you can kind of uh, run away or you can deal with it or you can learn about it. And uh, so fight and flight is not really a mechanism. You can't fight this stuff. You can't run away from it. It's going to happen. You better learn about it. And then uh, use your own uh, knowledge, skills, abilities, emotional intelligence to embrace the team and finance the team to bring the initiatives and the strategies that you need to transform your company. So it's, uh, and, and we're entering a, a phase uh, where it's important for us to understand ourselves, understand others, improve our communications intelligence so that we can make radical change within our organization and, and not by firing 50% of people that don't know and think that we're gonna, uh, we're gonna hire 50% of new people that do know because it ain't gonna happen. Yeah, uh, I, 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 um, I find that kind of uh, one of those uncomfortable discussions that happens in um, leadership uh, boardrooms all over the, the world. Uh, I think we saw it in the pandemic where uh, every CFO got, uh, started to lick their lips at the fact that people were working at home. Therefore, they could reduce the cost by getting rid of real estate. And um, it's, it's always interesting to me because, uh, you know, when there's a shift in change, you have to always look at both sides of the equation, right? You have to look at certainly there may be savings in one area or a change in one area, but you have to invest in another area. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. I would, I would, I, I, I clearly can see what you're outlining, which is the investment has to be in this, this reskilling and upskilling uh, for sure. Yeah. To, and to just further that point, Ben, the uh, working from home needs different skills than working in the office. So people have to develop these skills to and maybe courage to speak up in an unfamiliar situation that they don't really know what's going on, to read people uh, by in different mechanisms. In a, in a meeting room, it's easier. Um, the, the, there's so many you know, new skills that, that we need in whatever the new work environments are. Absolutely. Well, listen, I'm going to change gears a little bit. Um, you know, the last year has been quite challenging for a lot of us. And I, I'd just be curious, what's keeping you sane? What's keeping you happy uh, over this, this, this uh, I'd say, this watershed moment that we've lived through? Well, firstly, you, you recognize right at the beginning that I live on Miami Beach. It's a beautiful place to live. And I feel uh, for everyone that's stuck in the cold white north and, <laughs> and restricted to your homes. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm lucky to have a house with a pool and not to make you jealous, but that's, you know, been a real blessing. Um, but the other thing I've been able to do is connect with so many people worldwide, which previously would have required that I travel. But now the expectation is, that we can form groups uh, uh, and brainstorming groups and thinking groups to resolve problems that probably would have been more of a challenge pre-pandemic. Now I, it's much easier for me to connect through LinkedIn or email, tap people on the shoulder and say, it would be helpful if you could be part of this group or, or discuss that. And part of the, uh, we're working on standards to help people understand the new competencies and how do we create a marketplace for competency definitions and competency frameworks um, because ultimately there's going to be so much well there still is so much learning available so many ways to get credentials there's so many new jobs out there how do we put that all together as individuals so that we can stay relevant and and earn the money that we deserve to earn yeah i i think that maybe one of the of the largest challenges is 
probably just the jobs in and of themselves, the tasks yes. are, are so, so different, right? You're going to have yeah. to, what, what, what is that director of machine learning? What, what, yeah. <laughs> what do they do? Yeah. <laughs> right? But also what, you think about the standard jobs, like a chief financial officer, how is their job going to change? Because they're going to have access to so much more analytics. How are they going to bring that to the board and help the, the board represent? How is the human resource uh, teams going to be representing the, the current skills and competencies? How are they going to say these tasks are changing? So we need to upskill to bring in these uh, competencies so that we can do these new tasks. Yeah. So, yeah, there are the, the technical jobs that will be required, but that's also you know, recognized everybody else is going to, everyone else's work is going to change too. It, it's really interesting. One of the things that I thought a lot about in the, when I looked, did, did my own deep dive into the marketing industry on, on, on this topic, on, at least on the machine learning element, was that um, the, the conversation about upskilling immediately triggers a thought of, Oh well, you know, folks that are older, they're going to not be so relevant, or uh, they're not going to have the technical skills. But what I I quickly realized was that, in fact, it's almost uh, the opposite, strangely enough, which is that uh, the the veteran marketing uh, professionals have a wealth of experience from their careers, which is essentially timeless. It's it's irreplaceable to get that. Whereas the ways that young people had, had uh, including myself, had learned over their careers um, was, was being challenged directly. So, for example, if you were a, an art director, you would come in and your first job would be extremely dull and pedantic as you edited basic photos and videos and things like that. But it was part of the learning curve, right? You would learn your trade. You would learn what was good, what was not good. Um, but now when you replace all those jobs, how do you train young people? Like what, you know, that, that, I don't know if that's something that's come up, but, but, uh, certainly it's something I thought about. Yeah, certainly that's come up. The, the other thing we're seeing now is reverse mentoring. So the, the, the advantage of being in a career for, for a while is that you've been through experiences. So I remember the first recession, the first big shock to the system, the first crisis, the, you know, the first uh, huge challenges in, in the workplace. And I thought that the world was ending and then just said, no, no, this is a time you got to learn, you got to pivot, you got to move on. So experience brings that kind of thing that you've been through crisis and you realize you're going to come out the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side, uh, youth brings us kind of this naivety, this experience, uh, this, this um, enthusiasm, uh, this can-do ability that well, we can do anything, you know. So that those uh, two opinions could be in competition to say, look, I've seen it all before, you know, that ain't going to work. That, you know, no, the world's changing. That could well work. So how do you facilitate these conversations in these reverse mentoring so the uh, less experienced can coach the more experienced and vice versa? And then you end up with a much more fertile team to be able to take on the challenges. I love it. Reverse mentoring. Well, listen, so Eric, as you think about the future and uh, you, know, you have the, the book that's now coming out, you have the guild that's structured, what does the next 18 months look like for you guys? 
Well, we will continue to develop content as we better and better understand the future of work and learning and leadership. We'll be producing that content um, and introducing more uh, deeper dives, learning uh, assessments so that people can understand themselves, their business uh, and help kind of raise a flag that they may have missed. So in life, sometimes we don't know what we don't even know. So the idea of bringing along assessments that uh, people can take so that they learn what they might be missing, and then that puts them on a new track to go and explore and learn. Yeah, I think there's a huge opportunity. Um, probably should, should send uh, one of the chapters of, of, of my thesis over to you. Oh, it showed it. that like a, you know, the, the numbers of marketing professionals that had had any type of training or skill structuring for this age, the fourth industrial revolution, was like 10%, it like really low. Mm. And so that just really, I think to me, uh, puts, a, puts a, uh, an exclamation point on how valuable what you guys are doing actually is. Um, there needs to be a lot more focus on talent training, on giving people uh, you know, benchmarks and uh, metrics on what the competencies actually should be look like. So a lot of work here and, and a lot of value. And also, I would say um, the, the key part of an organization is to provide that psychological safety and incentives and tools and information to enable uh, the workforce. So we can be as emotional intelligence uh, as uh, we could be, and we could be the smartest people with lots of functional skills. But if our managers and leadership aren't providing us the direction, psychological safety, then it's all to now. So learning those new skills of cultivating the right organizational culture is, is critical. That's great. Well, listen, Eric, um, I, I've really enjoyed talking to you about all of these elements today. Uh, we've actually been talking to Eric Shepard. He is the executive director of the Talent Transformation Guild. He's also the author of Talent Transformation. Uh, he's been talking to us about what they've been up to, really building a community of professionals that are preparing for reskilling and upskilling being triggered by the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, we've got a lot to learn and uh, Eric's organization is going to play a key role in, in helping us get there. Eric, if people want to learn more about what you guys are working on, where should they, where should they go? Uh, talenttransformation.com. And if they go to talenttransformation.com slash book, then they'll learn about the book. Great. So talenttransformation.com. Eric, thank you so much for being oh. on the show today. Uh, I look you. forward to, to learning more and talking to you again about how you evolve and how this, this progress goes for you. That's great. Let's keep in touch, man. Great Cheers, Eric. Cheers. Bye.